0: Hello, and welcome to the CEO Mom podcast, The Woman, the Mother, and the Myths. My name is Vanna Matthews, and along with my co-host, Melinda Crowder Dunbar, we are going to debunk myths related to being a woman and a mother. Join us for another raw and uncut conversation. Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the CEO Mom podcast, The Woman, the Mother, and the Myths. And we are excited today because we are going into one of our favorite topics, and we told you we would, <laughs> self-care. <sighs> and so today's myth is myth two, and myth two is self-care is an act of selfishness. So we are going to debunk that myth, and we are going to show you how self-care is not only the opposite of selfishness, but it's self-love and it actually puts you in a position to serve and bless others. So let's go right into it. So Melinda, you put together a survey to find out what others think of self-care. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so I conducted just a brief survey into understanding the beliefs and the level of uh, practice for women and their self-care routine. And one of the questions from the survey was, how do you define self-care? And one lady said, by maintaining maintaining a positive relationship with myself doing things for myself that communicate love and care towards myself
0: that's powerful
1: that is very <laughs> that powerful, is powerful. <laughs> very. maintaining mm-hmm. a
0: positive relationship with myself yes yes me first me first i love that so when she said that what what did that
1: mean to you well, for me, doing things that are positive, things that's going to going to build to her and add to her and lift her up and place her as a priority in her life, I mean, that's initially what I saw. And again, it, it communicates that love and that care. So it, it seems to me like this woman had a pretty good grasp of what I, I self-care think so. is, I think so. <laughs> whoever you are. Okay,
0: I think so. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that. That yes.
1: Is. Second lady said taking time to rebalance and reevaluate re- regularly. This part I love, I have to say it. Ensuring that my bucket is full so that I'm available to assist mm. others. Yes, ma'am. Others. <laughs> oh my gosh, filling <laughs> yes, that bucket. <laughs> Yes, it's crucial that we do that because we can't give people what we don't have exactly, so we have to make sure that we take that time, like she said to reevaluate to rebalance regularly again, using yes. words like regularly yes. maintaining both ladies use those words um but it's just, it's crucial that we do those things, so i I feel like they both had a pretty good grasp of what self care is I
0: would agree <laughs> I think that's actually something that i think self care is something that a lot of people don't know what it is and i think we've limited it to things things like beauty regimens and, um, and just something that you do isolated things that you do so for them to use the words like you said maintaining and regularly they understand that self care is something you do consistently but I'm still in love with the maintaining a positive relationship with myself.
1: What does that mean to you, Vona? Oh my
0: goodness, what that means, besides putting myself first, which within itself sounds selfish, Ooh. but it's it's about self-love. Mm-hmm. Developing a relationship with myself. It's how I view myself. Mm-hmm. It's how I relate to other people. It's how I allow them to relate and interact with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I that's what I get from that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever heard that definition before, but yeah. I love I really do.
1: I do. I do as well. We were very impressed with these results as well, (laughs) Bavana. I know that we came up with one. Yes, ma'am. And so you're going to share our definition of self-care with our listeners today. Yes. So we define self-care
0: as something that goes beyond your beauty regimen. It's consistent behavior, actions, and decisions. Mm. that position and equip you to perform at your greatest while maintaining there's that word again <laughs> mental emotional and physical health Love so it's it. yes it's Love not it. something that you do one time that's right but and it's a combination of things yeah so it's not just one thing so it, it's a combination on two levels it's a combination of what you do your behavior your actions and your decisions mm-hmm. And it's something that encompasses maintaining health, mentally, emotionally, and physically. So if one of those are missing on either side, Mm -hmm. to us, it's not (laughs) self-care. So if you're doing something to feed into you physically, but you're mentally and emotionally not okay, then that's not, you haven't completed the process of self-care. Absolutely. And so we are going to dive into that. And I know
1: you have a story. As a single mom, I am raising my daughter. I am running a business, I find time some way to volunteer at church, (laughs) and then, you know, of course, I try to maintain a social life. So there are times that I do feel overwhelmed. I feel like I don't know, you know, what's the priority, what do I need to do in a day, you know, and I find myself operating out of autopilot, where my brain has some kind of way developed this unconscious decision-making system (laughs) for me to perform these routine tasks. And so what I've been doing, what I've noticed I was doing was I was kind of disengaged because have you ever driven somewhere and just forgot the whole drive? Like you were not present. That's what I found myself doing. My daughter's in the back seat. I get in the car and then I'm at the destination. And I look back like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. I missed that whole window of time because I'm thinking about the next thing. And so for me, that was like a red flag for me. But I think what happened was I realized that after the divorce and everything in my situation, I needed time to adjust to that new rhythm. Right. I was trying to keep things consistent, I was trying to keep us going, I was trying to keep us engaged, and I didn't give myself that time to sit mm-hmm. back and reevaluate what does our lives look like now. Okay. When my husband, my ex-husband was in the house, I had support, whether it was parental, you know, whether it was shared responsibility, whether it was even financial. And with him n- not being in the home, I had to sit back and go, okay, What does this look like for me now as a mom, you know, as the head of the household and how do we adjust to that? So initially I failed. (laughs) I said all that to say I didn't give myself the time. I didn't have good boundaries. I found myself at church just volunteering for things out of guilt, out of not wanting to look like I didn't have it all together. Because for some reason I was thinking, well, I got to keep us going and I got to look like I have it all together because I don't want people to think I'm crumbling Right. when i didn't even give myself the grace and the time to sit back i mean that's a huge life transition that i went through and that i'm continuing to go through it has been a process so just realizing you know that i had to take that time step back as even as a counselor Vanna, i i know that mental emotional and even spiritual health is important but I had still neglected to do it in my own life. Mm. So we can know, we can define self-care. Even mm. those women who defined it, even the definition you know, we came up with. But do we apply it?
0: Right. That's where the rubber meets mm. the
1: road. When the rubber meets the road, are we applying these strategies and these techniques and these tips? Since then, I have realized that there are some things that I just can't do right now while I'm in transition. And it is okay. Mm.
0: I like the way you use the word consistent. So you have this transition in your life and you're trying to maintain this normalcy that you've always had. Right? Right. So, okay. My husband was here. This is what we did. And so things have changed now. And so I'm still trying to maintain it. And we've talked about self care, Being something that's consistent, being something that you maintain, but it's also a series of decisions. Absolutely. So you had to sit down, like you said, and reevaluate and look at the situation and make decisions that may have caused you to shift gears and adjust to your new normal. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing. We've talked about... Even in our last episode, we talked about rhythm, and and we'll go into that again. And we talked about being able to adjust and being adaptable. And that's a big part of self-care. Is Because it's a combination of things, it is something where you're going to have to take a step back and look and say, okay, is this working? And what kind of impact is this having on me? And is this something I can sustain? Love and it. so when we talk about the strategies and the tips, yes. what's keeping us from having self-care, we are going to go into that. But I, I think that's such a strong point that you made. Yeah, is, yeah. There's a new normal. There's a new But normal. I've got to make some different choices. I've got to make some different, some different choices. Decisions. That's
1: it. Absolutely. Well said, Vonna.
0: Oh, thank <laughs> you. I love, I love your story. I love that. <laughs> so we are talking about self-care. And we've said the myth is, is that self-care is selfishness. And of course, we don't believe that it is. But we do believe that there are different areas that allow you to really practice self-care. And so this... Particular topic is going to be divided into parts and the first part is routine Mm -hmm. So routine Mm -hmm. is something that's vital to self-care because self-care has to be Consistent, but it has to be embedded in your lifestyle. It has to be how you function Regularly and we'll talk about what the other parts are going to be about but today we're going to focus on routine so Melinda, let's talk about some things that keep us, or keep women, from mm. practicing self-care.
1: Yes, yeah, so in that same survey, I had women list just some things that, you know, some barriers or some gaps that prevent them from practicing self-care. First on everybody's list, for those who had children, was children, mm. <laughs> children. For those women who are married, they said they're husbands, people said work, prior obligations, over committing. Mm. Yes. Yes, I am guilty. We love that in America. Wait. What are we trying to prove? I don't know, but we love to overcome That drive and that ambition, mm-hmm. and it, whatever other the whatever the other internal motivations are, we really got to take a step back. And go, we why do. am I doing this? We do. Oh my gosh. Okay. Self criticism. Mm-hmm. Excessive worry. Wow. Like I said earlier, our minds just wondering, 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 yeah. going to the next. I'm, I was so guilty of that. Ignoring feelings that I don't want. Or don't feel our value. You say I had to clutch my pearls. Did you clutch your pearls? <laughs> my pearls? Yes. I had to clutch my pearls Did on that the hit home a little that bit? That hit home. What happened there, Vonna?
0: <laughs> well, if, if you ask, I think as women, we second guess ourselves all the time. Like we question how we feel all of the time and we don't always embrace the power of our intuition Mm. and our gut. Yes. And you feel what you feel. How you deal with it and how you process it is one thing but you feel what you feel feel and you have to deal with that and stop always invalidating. I love that.
1: I love it. You, Ivana, mm-hmm. you are right. Yes. Do you prioritizing? sleep? at home too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Let's see. I can get t- from 12 to yes. 6. That's six hours. That should be. No. And then spending too much time on social media. Yes. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how you can go research one thing and then two hours later you on something else. And, and forget fi- what you were researching. How did I get here? Because you it, Yes. Absolutely. So, so those were just some of the reasons that they, the women identified as some of the gaps that prevented them from practicing self-care.
0: Those are good, and I want to talk a little bit about some of those. Mm-hmm. So we said the first ones were children, husband, and
1: work. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk about the kids. Okay, let's talk, let's about, talk the babies. about the kids.
1: <laughs> we love the kids. We love the babies. We love the
0: kids. Okay, okay so with children and husband, that's interesting. I think the reason they are barriers is because we are consistently putting them first First. we're nurturers with exactly with no regard to what we need it's almost like even if we if we think of what we may need in the situation then that mom guilt starts to creep up and we start to feel bad when we put ourselves first and I think that's why A lot of these women may have said children and husbands. Absolutely. Just because we're making them always the top priority. Absolutely. And we don't realize sometimes it's okay to put yourself first. It's It's the whole uh, principle. When, of course, we know the whole analogy when you're on the plane and they tell you if you need your gas mask, you put yours on first and then you put on the person next to you. And we have to start adopting that mentality and really embedding it in our lifestyle because that's the only way we can take care of somebody else. If you can't breathe, then you can't help me breathe. I have no oxygen. (laughs) You have no oxygen. I have no oxygen. Everybody's going to die. So you have to, we have to start positioning ourselves to not
1: always Put everybody else before us yes
0: and I just thought that was interesting that was the first response and it's
1: easy to do because for one we look at our babies and we see that they have a need and it's like okay mama gotta go I gotta help baby do whatever baby bump her head his head whatever we pick them up we nurture them we kiss them we hug them we bandage it and husband needs something appointments made we make sure you go to the appointments we're we're keeping everything again at our own expense and it's that whole thing of just stepping back and going you know what i i am running out of gas here and i i need some time whether it's maybe it's even asking for help you know again i think we said this in another episode we struggle with asking for help we have this false sense of well i have to take all these things on again i have to keep it all balanced i have to keep it all together because i'm the matriarch of this family you know just all this stuff so i i know that it's not uncommon for most for a lot of women to feel that way that the husband and the children are you know some of those barriers to practicing self-care
0: and just as you said we don't always ask for help what I was thinking when you were talking about you know always nurturing and, and needing to meet the child's needs or the husband's need needs right away but the question becomes who's meeting our needs and that's that's, that's the problem. There's nobody like who is making sure that we're taking care of them because we are the nurturers and we are making sure everybody else is okay. Maybe that would work if somebody was doing the same thing for us and they were feeding into us as well. And that's why we have to make it
1: our, a priority.
0: Do men struggle with self care like women do? Um, <laughs> I'm not real
1: sure. Maybe we should take a survey I know we and need see. To. We uh,
0: need to. I'm going to say no. Not you know, as much. Yeah. Not as much. And I, I, I will say this just from my personal story. So, my husband makes sure that he gets his workout in, he, he just makes sure that he does the things he needs to do. Yes. And there is no, and it's not that he doesn't care about us, but there's this sense of, I have to take care of myself. I have to, and he will tell me, I have to go to the gym. I have to do this. I have to do that. Mm -hmm. And there's no need to necessarily make sure everybody else is in order before he does it. Yes. I can't leave the house.
1: Without making sure everybody Everybody is in order. Okay. She has an appointment here. You're going to do the, take this bag. You're getting all bags and, and everything packed and ready and prepared everything is done even if he has something to do we find ours. I know I used to find myself do you have what you need for this don't forget to take this with you I mean that's just what we do as women but like you said they're gonna get up and whatever's on their agenda <laughs> it's gonna get done so we have to oftentimes say hey babe um can you do this for me exactly. I know you're doing this but I need you to do exactly. this for me and you know they'll say yes but <laughs> mostly hopefully but um <laughs> But yeah, I love how you said that, Mama. It's like they're going to, whatever they have to do, they're going to take care of themselves. They're going to make sure that it it gets done. So I think it's a little bit different between men and women, to be honest. I think it's a whole lot different, actually, now that we actually talked about it.
0: Yes, we're trying to be politically correct, but I I don't know. I'm not trying
1: to throw the brothers under the bus. I'm just saying y'all take care of you all stuff. That's all I'm saying. And I, don't,
0: I don't know if the struggle is the same. I'll put it this way. We're all saying say you, you don't have struggle, but I don't know if it's necessarily the same. Yes, 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 yes. So that is so true. Mm-hmm. So overcommitting, mm. overcommitting, Over so committing. And I, I just translate that as not saying no.
1: Not saying no. No is a complete sentence. sentence.
0: And it exhausts me to give you an explanation.
1: I'm not gonna do all of that. I don't want to. I had to learn. I used to paint a picture. Girl. I'm talking, just putting so much meat into the, the answer or the reason or trying to soften the rejection to whatever your request is. I have learned to just be like, oh, you know what? My plate is full right now. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Yeah. But I cannot do it. But I used to overcommit. It was a sense of um, accomplishment. Accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It was a sense of significance. I was, was going to say important. Yes. I was important. But once my hair started shedding, <laughs> once I started getting headaches, once the anxiety was was becoming overwhelming mm-hmm. for me, I knew then, okay, this, all that I'm trying to do, whoever I'm trying to impress, it means absolutely nothing. Absolutely Go nothing. back to the board. Go back to the center. Reprioritize. Get your stuff together, Melinda, because it's not even worth it. It's so not. overcommitting, absolutely, over-committing. not wanting to say no,
0: and we have to be okay with
1: how people respond. <laughs> Bonna, in a nutshell, we have to not care we to can. a certain degree. I you know, know we I'm can yeah. yeah, so doesn't can we? Just cannot. We can't
0: because when you're saying no you are not saying it just to hear yourself say no. Mm -hmm. Like you're just not sitting, and and some people may be, but but when I say no, it's really coming from a place of I cannot handle this right now, and at the end of the day, it's not going to be good for you or me because I have found myself, when I say yes, and I don't want to say Mm. yes, I'm mad at you, I'm mad at me, I'm mad at everybody. So it's just best for Mm -hmm. me to acknowledge the space I'm in right Mm -hmm. now, and I can't serve you to the capacity that you deserve or you need, so I'm going to back out of this one. You have people who get upset. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen. Mm -hmm. You have people who require explanation. You have people who just don't understand. I had someone who, when I would say I could not commit to something, they needed to know what was in that
1: spot. I'm (laughs) I'm so sorry. Y'all can't see my reaction, but. (laughs) That's a lot, Paula How did you? How did you respond to that? Because I'm sure you know other women may be experiencing the yes. same thing.
0: Okay, I call it blocks of nothing. Okay. And what I explained was I don't have anything in that spot, and I'm not going to add anything. <laughs> There's oh, nothing mm-hmm. there, and there will be nothing there, and that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. You know for them to understand or to grasp but that that's when I have to pull out and explain it I'm, I'm just I don't because I re- really do think and we're going to talk about this in the next episode but I really do think when you you have to maintain healthy relationships Absolutely. and so when you have people who don't respect boundaries and and your no is a problem all of the time let's 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 Reevaluate their relationship. Let's Absolutely. figure out if there needs to be some type of shit. We're not saying start cutting people off, sure, but let's look at the dynamics of it and mm-hmm. see how this this is working together. Absolutely. Because you have to be able to say no, and you want
1: people in your inner circle who understand that. Yes, to have good boundaries yes. as well, and to not project their unhealthiness exactly onto you. And that's what happens oftentimes, especially when they get mad. What yes. are you projecting right now? Because for you to not be able to respect me and my space and my answer, that is an internal problem with you. So I'm going to take a couple steps back and let you deal with that, you know, and get out of your feelings or whatever. Um, and, and if the relationship is important to you, you will find your way. We will find our way back. But uh, right now I have to take care of me. And I'm not going to do it with a lot of justification with not without a lot of explaining. I'm going to respect you and I hope that you respect me. Yeah. Yes,
0: because I, I don't know if I read this somewhere or someone shared this with me, but how people respond to you all of the time is not your business. Yes. It's not always like your that. business. I that's like your that. thing, and I mm-hmm. respect that you have to do what you have to do, mm-hmm. but that's not something that we need to try to work out. Sometimes it is, but sure. a lot of times how you respond to my no or my personal boundaries is not my Actual concern, That's right. and it's healthier
1: for for our relationship that you understand. That's right. So just as it as important as it is for to, for us to identify the barriers and the gaps for practicing self care, it is even more important to identify the motive or the internal factors mm-hmm. that contribute to these barriers. I love that. So mm-hmm. whether we're trying to rescue people, okay, or whether we're overcommitting. You have to step back. This this is where counseling comes in, usually, because you get to dig deeper.
0: Yeah. What's the
1: internal drive behind it? And so in my own life, I discovered that I was a people pleaser, mm. okay? So I had this faulty assumption that my self-worth was determined or defined by my performance mm. and the approval of other people or their opinions. Mm. So things that I did, I tried to perform well. I gave, I gave, I did, I did, I, you know, and I, I wanted to... I wanted to be approved, and I wanted to be accepted, right? But digging even deeper at the core, when the layers get to being on you know pull back and counseling, I discovered it was a fear of rejection.
0: Wow.
1: I didn't want to be rejected. And so many of us have scars that we're running from. We, we have these faulty assumptions, these misconceptions, and they are driving these maladaptive behavior patterns in addition to these faulty thinking, you know, thinking patterns that we have. So despite knowing that I'm a professional, you know, I'm a counselor, despite knowing the knowledge that I have and even my relationship with God, I had to learn that I was fully accepted by him, Mm. that I'm fully loved and I did not need the approval of other people to survive. Mm. And that took some time. It took some work. It took some commitment. But in the end, I knew that there was going to be some type of purpose on the other side of this pain and that nothing that I've been through is wasted. Mm. He is going to use it for the benefit of others, go
0: ahead and preach it. Okay, I'm I'm sitting here like I'm in church at Bible study. Like just just go ahead, just go ahead and I'm, preach it. Okay, I just
1: but I just <laughs> wanted to share that we have I love to. That. That's why I want my sisters, I want other women to know, it's okay to go and do the work in your life. It's gonna be a little a little uncomfortable, but we have to get to the we have to peel back the layers and see what is lurking beneath the surface that's driving us to do the stuff that we do that's stressing us out that's causing anxiety and depression because we have this void these scars on our souls that need to be healed That need to be healed
0: and what I'm loving about the conversation we're having right now is it's deep there's layers to this self-care thing it is, and that's why we wanted to really break it down into parts because it's not just this oh we're gonna you know give you some tips and then you're gonna put together a routine like you've got to do some digging to really get to a place yes where you understand the value of self-care because When you don't practice self-care, I think that in some cases, and and I think this ties in with what you're saying, it's a self-worth thing. It's a self-worth and it's a self-validation. Yes. When you are consistently not making yourself a priority, not taking care of yourself, you have to start paying attention to how you see you.
1: Girl, that's it. (laughs) Having a poor sense of self. Yes. You got it. You got yes. to know who you are. You got to be comfortable in mm-hmm. your own skin. You got to start loving yourself. You got to learn how to say no. All of these things. So I like I like that, one. That's, that's really good. Thank you. And thank that's... you for
0: sharing. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Where are these barriers coming from? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. Where are that they coming barrier. from? I like that. That's right. So yeah. moving forward, we are going to, of course, we have to break down. The myth. We have to deconstruct it and really break down why we believe it is a myth. So going into the first reason we believe it's a myth. Self-care is a, a myth that self-care is selfish. Is Self-care is a routine. It is an integral part of your lifestyle. It is not a collection of isolated activities that function as a reward system or something you do once you're depleted. Okay. So you don't start practicing self-care once you're burned right, out. This right. is something that is embedded in your lifestyle. It's a routine yeah. and it's also not a part of a reward system. Last year I did a podcast with Katrina McKee, who is the founder of loving on me. Okay. So go check that out and listen to that podcast. I believe it's episode eight, really, really good podcast. And Katrina talks about self care that women get into the habit of treating themselves like puppies. I I I said wait a minute Katrina let's let's talk about this (laughs) so what she means is women have a tendency to use self-care as a reward system like I've done really well at work or you know something great happened at my job or maybe even you know I need to reward myself because I've had a rough week Mm -hmm. and so we just insert these little pockets or these little activities in there when we feel we deserve it Mm -hmm. And okay. so we make it something that we deserve on occasion, mm. rather than
1: something we deserve on a daily basis. I like Don't that. I think that is good because yes. I have done that. Oh, I passed this this uh, survey or this inspection at work. Let me go and buy this, or yes. let me go and get my nails or feet done too to celebrate you know that accomplishment that is really isn't that deep good? i like that that is really good and the thing is is there's nothing
0: wrong with rewarding yourself but it cannot be the sole way or the only way you practice self-care that's right it, it can right. It, it can be yeah oh yeah girl i need to oh my nails need to be done i need <laughs> to get my nails done no Mm-mm. no it has to be something that you do all of the time you've talked about it approaching it from the therapy perspective yes being integrated
1: yes so i believe that it in therapy i practice this integrative approach because i feel like if you know if something is wrong in whether it's mental emotional or physical or for some people even spiritual if something is wrong in one of those areas it's gonna impact others. Mm-hmm. impact others which is what you said earlier so some examples of self-care from a mental health perspective seek counseling <laughs> It's okay. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I mean, it could be weekly, month, monthly, annually. It just, just having that mental health checkup, just like you would do a, another, you know, a different kind of medical checkup, but just depending on the need. It's so interesting, Vano, to hear uh, some of the reasons that people refuse to see a counselor. I've heard people say, well, we don't do that in my family. Or it costs too much, or oh, I tried that once and it really didn't work. You know, I tell people, it takes dedicated effort and consideration to find a therapist, getting a referral usually from friends or family or even through church, you know, those are good places to start, but please go and talk to somebody. It's okay. It is. It's okay. From an emotional perspective, talk about your feelings. (laughs) Talk about your feelings. How do you really feel? How you feel, you know, and and, and it's okay. They're valid, you know, don't bury them. I have, I've worked with so many people who try to bury them. And I've even tried it. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it. I've said this in the the previous episode. We don't bury dead feelings. We bury them alive, and they're going to resurface in some unhealthy way. So a lot of times it may resurface in the form of depression, anxiety, or even an, an addiction. So, just pay attention to your emotions. They're usually signals of a deeper problem. But I've called you before and said, you know what? I need you to pray for me today because I'm about to quit everything. <laughs> you remember that? Or text? Yes, ma'am. Or And text you were like, text. okay, hold on. What do you need? Don't move. <laughs> don't do anything. Don't make any decisions. I'm about to quit my job. Nope. Don't do that. You are in your feelings, you know? And as exactly. women, sometimes during that time of the month, sometimes, you know, it's... Yes. Or just before, I mean, we can feel like yes, we are un- over. glued. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you got to have that friend or that counselor or that mentor to be your sounding board in those times so you don't make a decision in your feelings.
0: I had Cheryl Williamson, who I interviewed, who is amazing, uh, Cheryl Ploy-Williamson, I just adore her. And I saw on her um, Instagram page the other day, and I love this, she said, call your friends who you think are the strongest and check on.
1: Mm. I love that
0: girl (laughs) call the strong ones and I know there's this quote that says check on your strong friends but I love the way she said call your friends who you think are the strongest Mm. the most together the most put together and check on them because I think we don't deal with our emotions a lot Mm. because for some reason I really do believe we're taught both men and women that you do need to not be too emotional in situations because it takes away your ability to be logical. Mm-hmm. And you do need to make smart and wise decisions. We're not saying run with your heart, but you have to address the hearts, the you matters of the heart. You got to. You do. And you. you have to be real about it. Even if it's messy, mm-hmm. you have to have, like you said, you have to have somebody that you can really talk about, this is how I really feel. Get it
1: out. Yes. Because they are going to come up the feelings and I tell people ride the wave of that emotion Mm -hmm. as it comes up especially when you're peeling back the layers and you're doing the work as it come up don't run from it just ride the wave of the emotion and allow it and then release it It and for some people it's easier for them to release it journaling Mm -hmm. you know or you know going to a therapist or whatever but you got to ride the wave of the emotion you got to feel it until the very end because it wants to come out it really does that's why it's eating away at you because it wants to come out so I like I like that. wanna so call and check on me, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. I just assume you think I'm strong. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> yes. I love that. I do. I do too. I, I like do that. too. And then finally from a physical health perspective, go and get your physical exams, maintaining your you know, your appointments, your annual appointments is highly recommended. I know for me, as a personal story, I, I didn't want to get a mammogram because mm-hmm. cancer runs in my family, mm-hmm. my mom passed away from cancer so I was terrified of going to get a mammogram because I was afraid of receiving bad news and I know I'm not the I'm not alone in that I know a lot of people don't like to go to the doctor because they don't want to hear bad news but I just want to encourage people to do it because the earliest sign of finding out when the problem is is you know you're more likely to be able to have it addressed and getting the proper treatments and things that you need before it turns into something that could be you know detrimental to your health overall. So just maintaining your appointments, exercising, running, walking, eating healthy. I know. Eating healthy. Do you have that one down, Patrick? I, I I do. <laughs> I, I, do. <laughs> I do. But
0: only because I cut out meat and dairy. I think if I still was eating meat and dairy, I could not, because I'm, I'm vegan, and I could not figure out how to eat a, a full meal, a healthy meal. Mm-hmm. And so I had to cut out the meat and dairy, and I started doing it with my cousin. I started to really enjoy it because I felt a lot better.
1: So, you really enjoy being vegan? I do.
0: I really. <laughs> was that a process for you? It was a process. So, originally, like I said, my cousin was going vegan, and she contacted me and shared it with me. And I said, Well, you know, I wish you the best. I love bacon, uh-huh. but I will walk this process with you in the beginning. And so, she started sending me. Recipes and I started cooking them, and I think one of the first things I made was black bean burger, and it was it was good.
1: See, that's what first you you lost me t- you lost <laughs> me in two places. You lost me when you said you started cooking, and then secondly, you said black bean burger. I just I and you had to give up bacon. bacon. You lost me in three places, but okay, want <laughs> come on, just finish. So you did the black. So bean <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was, the black bean burger was in it was flavorful and I said okay this is my bag. and then my family liked it I think that was the key everybody else liked
1: I know I know I'm digressing just a little bit but I'm just trying to envision this black bean burger okay. was it on bread Yes. So, okay, so it there... It was on a bun. It's on a bun. It's on okay, a bun. I just... Okay. Yes, okay. and it's
0: made with, of course, black beans, and then you use, like, bread crumbs or something to bind it, and I haven't made it in so long, and I can't remember everything else, but I think even, um, like, either ketchup or tomato sauce, or barbecue sauce gives it the flavor. I mean, okay. garlic um, powder, onion powder, salt and pepper. It is very flavorful. So the seasonings really yes. help. Okay. And that's the thing with veganism, is that you cook... With spices and herbs and vegetables that you wouldn't normally cook with, like I hadn't had um, spaghetti squash before.
1: I can I can't say that I have. In it my is life. so good, Melinda.
0: It's you basically cut it in half, bake it for an hour, scrape out the spaghetti, and just saute it with salt, pepper, and and some butter. Delicious, seriously. I'm serious. I'm and so this is what I was day. doing. I'm yes, this is what I was doing. Yeah. And so after doing this for two weeks, I started to notice I felt better. Mm. And I tell people you don't have to go vegan, but I highly recommend reducing the dairy. Sure. Because yeah. that is, I don't know if we were meant to process, and that's a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, we do need mm. to do episode
1: on on food. We uh, can I do that. So, yeah.
0: But um, I think dairy. I don't know if we were. Meant to process milk, mm, milk, mm-hmm. um, and so you yeah. will notice the difference if you just reduce the dairy. Would you Redu- reduce that cheese? Yes. It'll change your life. It will
1: change. Wow! Your life. So, so Vana has to eat <laughs> healthy. Down the exercise. The...
0: <laughs> That's another story.
1: <laughs> that is another situation. Yeah, I I enjoy riding my uh, riding my bicycle, okay. and I enjoy running. So those are two things that I incorporated in my schedule. I even got my daughter a bicycle, so you know, during the spring, summertime we we will bicycle a lot. So I love that. Yeah. It's uh it's good stuff. But yeah, these are all types of ways that you can uh, maintain your physical health. Again, like we were saying earlier, one if if something is off in one of these areas, your mental, emotional and physical health, it it can definitely impact the, the other areas. So I love that Yes I love. Ma'am. That.
0: So let's talk about the lasting impact of self-care mm, okay. okay and that's <laughs> because it has to have residuals yeah we have to have some residuals mm-hmm. So the lasting, the lasting impact of self-care is just as important as the actual act and in some cases it's more important. for example, The act of getting your nails done itself is a part of a beauty regimen or self-maintenance rather than self-care. Now, it becomes self-care when it has lasting benefits. For example, and going back to lasting benefits on your mental, emotional, and physical health. For example, if you just get your nails done because you just need to get your nails done and you're incorporating it into your lunch, like, okay, I'm going to grab something to eat and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to the nail salon. That's, that's a beauty routine. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a beauty regimen. Mm -hmm. That's self maintenance. But if it's something that you do, like you go once a a week, or you go two or three times a month, and it's your me time, it's your free time, you go, you relax, they massage your hands. You're able to free your mind. You block out the rest of the world. Like it's the impact that it's having on you rather than the act themselves. Absolutely. When people talk about, you know, and and I'll ask, what do you do for self-care? And they say, oh, I have to get my nails done. I like to get my hair done. And that's fine if it has an impact on you. What impact did it have on you mentally and that's emotionally? Right.
1: And I think it goes back to what the lady said about the reward system. Yes. Just yes. like that example, you know, are we just doing it to reward ourselves from some a task that we may have accomplished, another thing that we marked off our to do list, or something like that? Now, mind you, we are pro beauty regimen. We just want everybody to yes. know this because I feel good when I get Absolutely. my hair fixed. Yes. You don't understand. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it yes, boosts ma'am. that esteem. Yes, However, we. Want we just want people to be aware that these are often distractions from bigger problems. So getting your nails done, getting your feet done, getting a massage, getting your hair done, these are usually temporary things that take our minds off of our issues so that we can step back, look at the bigger picture, see where the pressure is coming from, Mm -hmm. readjust. To the new rhythms. And then reset and readjust to the new rhythms as needed.
0: I like that. So talk about, when you say pressure, mm. where the pressure is
1: coming from. Break that down. The me. stress. Okay. The okay. anxiety. Okay. Uh, being overwhelmed. What is on my plate that needs to come off? <laughs> mm. What am I doing too much of that's causing me to feel like I'm coming unglued? We need to step back and analyzing, you know, our current space, our current situation, the current season we're in and determine what changes do I need to make so that I'm not feeling this way. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. So it's nothing wrong with getting your hair done, getting nails done, getting feet done. But we do need to take a step back, like what was saying earlier, when I'm when I'm getting these things done. Am I, have I allowed my mind to just open up and envision where am I? Why am I feeling so stressed out so that I can sit back, look at the bigger picture and then make a decision, begin to make a decision about what I need to remove? I love that.
0: I love that. And I love the way you said if you confuse your beauty regimen with self-care it becomes a distraction because some people may listen to us and say well it's not that deep it's not that serious I just like to have my nails on point and I understand that. yeah absolutely well, we do understand that but when you have not properly defined self-care or understand what it is you don't do what
1: actually needs to be done there you go these are just temporary things exactly. that you're doing because the problem is still there yes. the origin is whatever the origin is, it, it is still there. That thing at the root still needs to be exactly. addressed. So you still have to... Let me go to the... Let me dig deeper and see what is it. Because otherwise, I'm just putting a Band-Aid on top exactly. of it. But when you pull the Band-Aid off, oh, this is what's happening. I've overcommitted. Oh, I'm trying to, to rescue somebody. Oh, I am doing way too much. Oh, I've even overcommitted for my child. And don't don't get me started there. Because the, <laughs> the messages and the the modeling, the behavior that we're, leaving, that we're setting up for our children, oh my God, I just... That's a whole nother episode, but, um, but yeah, what, what am I Why am I doing what, what I'm doing and what do I need to stop doing so that I am less stressed, less anxious and less depressed? Yes.
0: I love that. I love that. That is so important because the key word is lasting. Yes. Which goes yeah. back to the importance of self care being a routine. It's how you regularly function. Yeah.
1: I like how you even say it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It has to be yep. a lifestyle. That's I love right.
0: that. I love that. Good stuff. So, getting to the good part. <laughs> we are going to tell you the solution mm-hmm. and the truth to this myth. Melinda, what is it?
1: Self care is what makes selflessness possible. Can we use that word again? Yes. The key word. Yes. Selflessness? Yes, it? ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Self-care is what makes selflessness possible. The goal is to maintain complete health to bless and impact the lives of others, including our family and our community. We want to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. That is the theme of this entire episode. Put on your mask. Exactly. Do the work in your life. Absolutely. Come on. That is
0: why. (laughs) Self care cannot be selfish because it is positioning you to, to, to be a selfless person. Love it. You Isn't are that awesome. Yes, ma'am. That is awesome. That's the so if you, you nurture my sister, love everybody else, love on people, give 100%, feed into everybody else, but start at home. It enables you to be able to bless and nurture and pour into everybody else so of course every episode we have to give you some practical information some things that you can apply mm-hmm. and so let's go into the strategies and tips for developing a self care routine that becomes an integral part of your lifestyle Yeah, which integral. means it has to be <clears throat> embedded in your lifestyle, it That's has right. to be a part of the thread of who you are yeah. that deeply woven yes. in the fabric <laughs> of your being so that you mean, like, just hear us, hear yeah. what we're saying yeah. Yes. yes. It has to be in you. Something that's in you that that comes out in practices, decisions, behaviors, actions, all of that. So the first tip and strategy is to change how you view self care.
1: Mm. Yes. Keywords. (laughs) Keywords. Take a note. Get your notepad. (laughs) Get your pen. Routine. Mm Okay, it has to be regular,
0: it has to be something you maintain, it has to be consistent, Yes, lasting, and these all mean the same thing because we have to understand that self-care is something that is ongoing. That's right. And it's beneficial to achieving and maintaining optimal health. Yes. It's not just something that you're doing to think about yourself, but it's something that is going to benefit you and position you to be at your healthiest. It is... Your lifestyle. Self care is your lifestyle. I love and it. that is going to <clears throat> impact how you relate to other people. That's right. It's going to impact how you move through the world. You're That's going right. to make decisions
1: making your mental, emotional, and physical health priorities. That's right. I so, love that. I want to say one thing to to your point about that. Even Jesus stepped away. They say yes. in the Bible he would he would step away from the crowd and go to lonely places yes. and tap into his source. So he even knew the importance of getting away yes. and spending time in prayer and fasting. And so we're no different. We have to exactly. do the same thing. We got to tap into the source. So we got to I love how you said that the you know, the routine, consistent, lasting, ongoing, it's a process. It's not a one-time event. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we just want to encourage women to place it at the front seat and make it a priority. The second one, number two, identify your triggers. Yes. Triggers, Bonna. In counseling, we identify triggers as familiar people, places, and things.
0: Oh, okay. okay. I like
1: that.
0: <laughs> I, I like that. I can apply that.
1: Familiar people, yes. places, and things. So what triggers you, you know? Determine what feeds your whole being, what starves or depletes your whole being. And triggers don't always have to be negative. I really like that. But what's adding value to your life and what's taken away from it? If you've overcommitted, what activities do you you need to remove, reprioritize, or maybe even renegotiate for a later time?
0: Exactly.
1: A renegotiate you know yeah. i had to tell somebody you know what i'm so happy that you thought of me and I, i'm really i really want to support your cause but what about give me about three months and i'll have xyz off my plate and then i can take this but i wanted to go back to the part about triggers being familiar people places and things okay. look when you're doing the reevaluation and things like that who we're gonna talk about relationships <laughs> next time i promise we will yes. but who is adding and who is taken away? Yes. <laughs> Vanna is doing a little dance over yes, here. She is yes, excited ma'am. about that one. But yes, and then of course things—you know—what activities? Like we said earlier, what what um. What things do we have on our plates that, you know, that we need to remove? Like what, is it really benefiting us? Is it benefiting our family or is it taken away? It's not easy to do sometimes because you do have to, like you said earlier, make some, some hard decisions, but it's so necessary. So we just want you guys to know how to identify those triggers, the familiar people, places, and things, and then start taking steps to identify what needs to stay, what needs to remain and what needs to go.
0: And the reason we say that triggers don't always have to be negative is because, like we were saying, it's what feeds into you. So if you're doing something that really blesses you and really puts you in a good and healthy space, make that a part of your routine. Like, for, for example, for me, I love to bake. Like, mm. I really love to bake. Okay. And I had one day where there was a lot going on. And it was good stuff. It wasn't anything bad, but it was just overwhelming. It was mm. a lot. And my anxiety was high. And I went in the kitchen and I baked some double chocolate chip brownies. And I, I felt, yes, ma'am. That's impressive. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I felt, I really did feel the anxiety mm. decrease significantly. And I it just that. relaxed me. I was able to, you know, bake with my kids. And so identify those things that add value, like you were saying, that give you joy, that give you peace. I and make that. that a regular part of your life.
1: That's beautiful. I love that, yes. Thank you. I yes. need that reminder. <laughs> The third thing set boundaries set boundaries according to psychcentral.com setting clear boundary personal boundaries is the key to ensuring relationships are mutually respectful supportive and caring boundaries are a measure of Mm. (laughs) self-esteem they set the limits (laughs) for acceptable behavior from those around us right you teach people how to treat you yes ma'am okay you teach people, people how to treat you. Absolutely. Say it for the people in the back. Yeah. You teach, teach people, people how to, to treat, treat you. you. Amen. Setting boundaries involves every area of our lives. And whether it's at work, in our businesses, at church, or even in our families.
0: We have a tendency mm-hmm. as Christians, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And even if it's something that you do, even whatever it is, mm-hmm. we sometimes... Times put ourselves in positions where we're always at church, and we're allowing people in the church and in ministry to take advantage of us and t- to run over us, and we don't have limits with them, and we believe we're doing it in the name of Jesus. In the name of the and name. your family is mm. your ministry. Come on, it first, is. okay. I do think that we have to start saying no. Even at church because Absolutely. the church and we, we could preach, we could preach all day, but the yeah. church is the body of yeah. Christ. It's not a building. Right. And so let's we, are the, ca- we, we are, are the church. We are the church. So the let's church. not get caught up yes. in giving everything that we have to one entity, right. whether that's work and
1: even with your family. We have to draw the line of demarcation, you know, and we're, we're going to talk about the boundaries and relationships next time. But boundaries where I end and where you begin. Okay. Uh, learning to say no without guilt. Yeah. Okay, practice it. Practice saying no, like we said earlier. No, is a complete sentence a com- with a you period. Know. You don't have to justify. <laughs> you don't have to explain away. The N <laughs> <laughs> O. N-O.
0: Okay, it is uppercase.
1: <laughs> no, you know I'm telling you. But I love that. I love that. Just not having, being able to set that boundary, being able to say, you know what, I can't do that right now, and know that it is, is absolutely okay, ladies. So setting boundaries. Mm. Creating self-care rhythms. There's that word again. Rhythms. This actually came from a teaching from Dr. Conway Edwards at One Community Church. He did a teaching on balance, but he said it's important for us to oscillate between work and rest. And this may look different from my family in comparison to yours. It may look different for different people, but the key is finding the best rhythm for the season that you're in for you and your family. And some of the, some of the ways to do that, that he suggested was Daily, you could have like a morning quiet routine. For me, it's waking up, having. there's nothing like having a cup of coffee while I'm reading the Bible or pray. It just sets the tone for my day, you know? And it, it I feel like I plugged into my source and so I'm better equipped to handle whatever is coming my way that day. Weekly, may look like taking Sunday nights off with no activities, just doing nothing. Monthly, he suggested maybe taking an entire Saturday off to do nothing and maybe do something with the kids, you know? And then annually, maybe taking a vacation, renting a hotel room for the weekend, just having to get away, whether it's by yourself or, you know, maybe with your spouse. But y'all have separate time in between that time, just so you can have that time to regroup and just spend that personal time alone. So I think it's so important. But so these are some of the strategies, like we said earlier, for developing a self-care routine, which is a lifestyle, right? Yes, it is a lifestyle. So that's what that's what i had to share today on that
0: i love that i love that and just to recap the strategies and tips again for developing a self-care routine change how you view self-care so look at how you define self-care and figure out what it means to you identify your triggers both the positive and the negative look at what feeds into you as well as what takes out of you Set boundaries, and that is in every area of your life with every relationship. And we'll dive into relationships on the next episode and create self-care rhythms. Oscillate between work and rest and not work, 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 rest, work, work, rest, but really have a balance. And have a pattern yes one of the things that we have talked about with self-care it is it's a variety of things it's not just one thing that you do and I love the way you broke down daily weekly monthly annually it's something that you do consistently and it it all comes together absolutely one of the things that we haven't talked about when it comes to self-care and I just want to address very briefly is it has to be intentional I love that word. Yes,
1: that's my word. You know, that's been and my word one of for twenty nineteen. One of intentionality. My intentionality. Everything yes. that I do is with intention. Yes, I, you are absolutely yes. right. It's yes.
0: not something you accidentally fall into. <laughs> Or fit into your schedule, but it is very intentional. And I would even go to say that maybe take out some time when you do your self self-evaluation self and write this stuff down. Oh, write down your triggers. Write down things that you love to do. Write down things that you can maintain. Because when you're talking about self-care, it can't be, like you said, it has to fit your family dynamics. That's right. There are certain things that I can't do that you can do because it just doesn't fit into my world. That's right. So write that stuff down and figure it out and give yourself, you've talked about this, Melinda, in the first couple of episodes, give yourself grace Mm. and space to shift. That's right. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to adapt this overnight that's or adopt right. this overnight but give yourself some time and
1: start small I think yes, sometimes when, I like we, when we look at tasks it can seem insurmountable but which I love how you were just saying write it down that's one of the exercises that I do in counseling I give you homework and sometimes I hope you start it out but then you take it home and you complete it write things down and then break it down into manageable steps you know start small okay I'm gonna start here where, where am I feeling the most pressure and then let's get some steps to you know help to take to start relie- relieving some of that pressure I love that. good I stuff love that. good stuff
0: so thank you for sharing of being a part of episode 11 of the ceo mom podcast the woman the mother and the myths and we want to know how you practice self-care and how you define self-care so be sure to share that with us you can go to ceo sign up for the newsletter so that you can get the notes from this podcast and also like I said connect with us rate and subscribe tell us what you think about the podcast and thank you so much for joining us join us for the next episode we're talking about self-care again part two relationships and that one is going to be good it's gonna be good and we might hurt some feelings and step on some toes but we're hoping we probably will (laughs) but it's in love it's all
1: in love we're doing all of this because of love.
0: <laughs> yes. And let's preface it by saying don't cut people off. It's Please like don't. and
1: Melinda told you to, to cut
0: off your friends and family. We're just saying we're not reevaluate saying some situations. That's all we're saying. Thank you for joining us. This is Vonna Matthew. And this is Melinda Crowder Dunbar. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the CEO Mom podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and the Nuts. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe and definitely rate us. Go deeper with us on every episode by subscribing to our exclusive newsletter at ceomommagazine.com. There, we'll provide tips and information based on every episode. This podcast is produced by For Her Media with music by BOPD and C. Scott. Until the next conversation, thanks for joining us.